How's everybody this morning? I mean, we play that morning after morning after morning after morning after morning. And, you know, it is uh, it is scripture. It is all scripture that we're singing there. And uh, we sing it. We memorize it. It gets into us. And then we can live it out. So, um, great song been our theme song now for a couple of years i don't think i'm going to change it i like the song it's i mean it maybe is not as modern as some people might like and if you think i need to change the song let me know uh we can take a vote my vote equals all other votes just for the record but i do appreciate hearing what uh, what people have to say uh about uh about things like uh, the music. Well, we are in Matthew 4, Luke 
4, we're looking at the temptation of Christ. He had been baptized. The Father gave this phenomenal endorsement by the sending of the Holy Spirit in the appearance of a dove. And um, then the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son. Uh, And then immediately after that, it says this in Matthew chapter 4. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. We had a bit of conversation yesterday about those two words, to be tempted. I mean, the purpose of why uh, the Spirit took him into the desert, uh, I mean, the purpose was that he would be tempted. And the the question we asked is, would would God lead us into places where we would be tempted? And that that was some of the question. I I didn't really answer it per se. I gave, because it's one of those things you have to muse on. You have to think on. You, it's kind of like a cow chewing the cud. You just, you chew on it and you go back and you research it and you look at it and you turn it over and then you turn it over again and you look at it and you, you research just what that means. And, And we, concluded that it said in the book of Luke, um, a little bit different of a take on this, where it says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted. Um, Matthew, in all, pretty much all the translations, said to, to be tempted, uh, Luke and Mark both have the rendering uh, where he was tempted, the idea that he was led, Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the desert, and in that place he was tempted. Bottom line is he was tempted. Now, let's. I want to go back to Matthew uh, in the uh, fourth chapter, and we're going to just continue working our way down through this because there is so much here getting into verse 2. I mean, we we took the morning yesterday to deal with verse 1. Today we deal with verse 2. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, here is some of the question about what is going on here. Is is it a case that Jesus was uh, tempted at the end of the 40 days? Uh, Is that when the temptation occurred? Did the temptation occur all along the way? Well, this seems to indicate that after fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter came to him. So at the conclusion of the fasting for the 40 days and the 40 nights, he was hungry. Uh, I I, I would tell you that both can be true. Uh, The temptation in the midst of a fast, think about it. I mean, just just try to do a diet uh, and think about uh, how the temptations can happen in the midst of a diet. Uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to get back and and live more the very low carb at least low carb type uh, lifestyle if not keto, and uh, I was at uh, our bank our, our Portland campus yesterday morning our Portland campus yesterday afternoon, and the and they have these little snacks there tasty 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 little snacks, uh, they're blueberry and they're like special K. They're like n- not a lot of calories, but there are carbs in them. Oh, I so wanted one of those late in the afternoon yesterday, but I resisted the temptation. I did. I resisted, but I was, uh, I was 
I, I was tempted. So, but I did not give in to the temptation. Uh, in the midst of a fast, the question is, I mean, was it at the end of the fast? Was it in the midst of the fast? I can tell you either way is a reality. Uh, this this certainly seems to indicate the tempter came to him at the end of the fast when he was famished. People do fast for 40 days. Uh, some people go, well, nobody fasts 40 days. Well, yeah, people do fast for 40 days, and it is um, uh, not often that you hear about people fasting for 40 days. Back in the days when Promise Keepers was a big thing, back in the mid-'90s, uh, there were a lot of the Promise Keepers Keepers leadership that we're doing 40-day fast together. And you can do it. You have to have some liquid. You have to hydrate. Uh, you maybe have some juice, uh, something with some electrolytes in it. Uh, uh, you, you don't go into it. Uh, if you've been a caffeine person, you need to wean yourself off of caffeine. There's a bit of a lead up to it that to do it properly, do it a healthy way, uh, in our day, uh, and I've known people, I, I've done like a three-week fast, 21-day fast. I've done that. Uh, so it can be done. Some people say it's not healthy. Well, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, now, if you have significant severe health issues, it may not be healthy for you to do that. Um, however, it can be done. Uh, people who who have a, a modicum of health are able to do it. And so... Um, Yes, it can be done. Now, people say, why fast? What's up with fasting? Well, you know, fasting, popular in our day is this idea of the intermittent fast. And the intermittent fast is where uh, you you maybe eat uh, in an eight-hour window, like from noon till eight at night, and then you fast from eight at night until noon the next day. Uh, that, that's called a 16-8 fast, where you fast for 16 hours, but it's it, that's done for health reasons. That's done for weight loss reasons. Uh, I think you could probably make the application also a spiritual application, but we always look at fasting in our day as a um, uh, a practice for health benefits or for weight loss benefits and things like that. We're talking a spiritual fast. There are food fasts, there can be social media fasts, there can be TV fasts, there can be fasts from certain foods that you just decide you're not going to eat for a period of time, like Lent would be an example of that. Lent is not to be confused with Lent, different things. Um, so anyway... Uh, sorry, I my, my brain went. I'm thinking about too many things here already this morning. Um, but fasting, why do we fast? We fast to draw close to God. And instead of eating a meal, we eat we eat the Bible. Now, I don't mean like we literally gnaw on the Bible, you know, like like rah, 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 rah. I don't I don't mean that, but I mean where we we contemplate scripture. We we spend time in prayer. We we maybe spend time in worship, but we, we, we resist the food to feed our soul, and it, it is a practice. Now, some of you maybe have practiced fasting. I mean, how many? I, I guess I wonder how many that are in the live audience here this morning have ever done a spiritual fast, and a fast might be a meal, like uh, I'm going to um, uh, 
I'm going to miss lunch on a certain day of the week, and I'm going to spend that time reading the Bible or praying or going on a prayer walk or praying for missionaries or something like that. That's, that is a practice. I had a friend in college who took Fridays and fasted on Fridays and prayed for a whole variety of missionaries. So during breakfast hour, she's praying for missionaries. And for during the lunch hour, prayed for missionaries. During the dinner hour, prayed for missionaries. So she fasted on Fridays. That was way back in college a long, long time ago. So you might fast for a day. Um, so you could fast for a meal. You could fast for a day. You might fast for a weekend. Uh, you you might determine you're going to fast for a week. Uh, and again, maybe you're, you're drinking uh, water, you're drinking liquid, you're drinking fluid. And don't buy the poppycock that we hear all these days, fasting isn't healthy. Um, Yes, it is. It's it's a great thing. We we've bought so much into so many lies uh, of psychology and even the lies of modern medicine. Uh, and I just said that, but I'm saying that I'm, this doctor is speaking to that world that that uh, we put our blinders on, and, and people with uh, you know terminal degrees sometimes stop their brains uh, sometimes, and it's like, well, there's nothing else to learn or or come across like, I already know it all. Well, what I learned in getting my terminal degree is how much I don't know. And uh, so because I have I have Christians push back, well, fasting isn't healthy. Uh, well, Moses fasted. Jesus fasted. Jesus encouraged his disciples to fast. Jewish people fasted. Uh, I mean, fasting has been, as is, is a religious practice, spiritual practice has been around for for millennia. Uh, and we can practice that. So here we see Jesus going out into the desert. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And I want to say, you think? You think he was hungry at the end? I mean, some of us aren't even fasting and, and we're thinking about food. Um, you know, uh, yesterday I got out of here and got down to Portland and I was thinking about little, those little like Dunkin' Donut egg bite things. And, uh, cause I hadn't eaten and, and, uh, I didn't get the chance till about 1030 to actually uh, leave the campus and go get a little bit of nourishment. But, you know, we're thinking about food all the time here. Jesus was applying himself and it says after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So, uh, my focus this morning is on the, the concept of fasting. Uh, I remember back on the farm, or as I said to someone yesterday, the farm, uh, I was uh, uh, out plowing a field, and uh, it was away from our, our farm. It was another property that uh, my uncle owns some miles away, and I was at that property plowing the field, getting ready to plant corn. We always planted corn on those fields. And uh, we didn't rotate the crops, but we is plowing. And, and I had intended, and I I didn't take lunch purposefully. Didn't take lunch. Usually, I would have packed a lunch and taken a lunch with me. I, I had my water jug that actually fastened right to the tractor. Pretty cool. And uh, had my water jug, but I took my Bible. And uh, during the times when I would stop to have lunch, I stopped and read the scriptures. Uh, that was a very meaningful time for me to to take spiritual disciplines to draw close to God, the spiritual discipline of reading Scripture, 
the spiritual discipline of studying Scripture. Those are two different practices. I mean, they're related, obviously, but they're not the same. You can read it, but then to study it is then you compare passages or you get out commentaries or use the, the, the Google tools and things that you can find to study Scripture. That, that is a discipline. Uh, worship can be a spiritual discipline. Prayer can be a spiritual discipline. Uh, giving can be a spiritual discipline. Uh, serving others can be a spiritual discipline. Uh, denying self uh, for the benefit of drawing near to God. That, that's like fasting, but you might deny yourself other things in order to draw near to God. That, that, that is uh, a spiritual discipline. We do the discipline so we can draw near to God. Going through suffering, uh, you know, we, there's this uh, westernized, dare I say, Americanized theology that God doesn't want his people to suffer. Well, sometimes, yes, he does. Sometimes he leads us to suffering for discipline. Sometimes he leads us to suffering uh, to um, cause us to grow. Sometimes he leads us to suffering that we might mature through our suffering. Uh, sometimes he, he leads us into suffering that we might experience him more closely than had we not experienced suffering. Uh, Jesus suffered in, in the sense of this 40-day fast, and at the end, he was hungry. Uh, I'm not seeing comments here about how many people would say, I have fasted, and, and maybe you'd say, I, I, I fast for a meal here or there, or I'll fast for a day here or there, or is anybody ever fast, uh, tried and extended? And I'm talking a spiritual, a spiritual fast, not a, a health fast. I'm talking one intended for spiritual reasons. Uh, that is why I'm asking that question. Love to see some comments there. But at the end, it says this in verse 3, the tempter came to him after that 40 days, and he said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So the tempter came to him. Who is the tempter? The tempter is our adversary. The tempter is the devil. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to be made bread. In other words, he's saying, well, I mean, if, if you were really God, you really have the ability to, to say to the stones, be made bread. Be made bread. Uh, and Jesus could do that. I mean, Jesus spoke everything into existence except man. Man is the one thing that it says he took the dust of the ground and fashioned man into the shape, the form of man, and then it says he breathed life into him. He breathed in him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. It tells us that back in Genesis chapter 2. Man is the one thing that God didn't just speak. He, he, he formed it with his hands. God, God was more intimately involved in the formation of man in that way. Um, so because Jesus was able to speak the stars into place, because Jesus was able to speak the sun into place, because Jesus was able to speak the planets into place, because Jesus was able to speak the oceans into place, the animals, the critters into place, because Jesus was able to speak the, did I say the oceans already? 
the land masses, the, the the plants, all things. He was able to speak in a place. The tempter would say, well, if you're God, you can certainly tell that rock over there to be bread. Well, the fact of the matter is, being God, um, being God, he had the capacity, he had the ability to simply say, let there be bread. I mean, he sent manna from heaven in the Old Testament. I'm sure Satan, the tempter, was well aware of those things. So the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Verse 4 says this, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now I'm going to just stop there. A couple things that, that we would note. We see the tempter coming to him in his place of weakness. Jesus is hungry. So he says, uh, tell these breads to be, uh, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus is hungry. So the tempter comes to him in the area of, uh, of his weakness, hunger, uh, and, and he tempts him. But yet Jesus says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I, I want to take us back to John chapter 4 for just a moment. John chapter 4, Jesus had ministered to the woman at the well. Jesus, the woman of Samaria, is the heading that you will see. Um, he points her to himself as the Messiah. Um So I'm going to pick up at verse 27. It says, Jesus' disciples returned and were surprised. They had gone into town to get some get some bagels. Uh, so Jesus' disciples returned, were surprised to find him talking with a woman. I mean, that was something out of culture that, that, that men didn't do like that. Secondly, she was a Samaritan woman, so two strikes. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town, made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Then he says this. Here's this interesting phrase, verse 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said, could someone have brought him food? I mean, did he was he hiding the snacks? Where were they? But then verse 34, Jesus says this, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus' sustenance came in doing the will of God. So for us, this, this idea that Tim temptation, the idea of the food, the idea of the hunger. Um, and the idea of the tempter coming to Jesus and meeting him in the place of his hunger, Jesus, uh, not Jesus, the tempter will tempt us in the area of our weakness. Now, here is a question you've been answering. Some of you have, have responded to this. Um, and what have you had to say? Uh, some said never a spiritual fast, but I love to. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it isn't, you don't have to do a whole bunch of research to do a fast. It's like, okay, I determine I'm going to give up a meal and I'm going to spend that half hour, if you take half an hour, and I know 
to whom I'm speaking, and I know you're always working, so you probably eat on the run all the time, as do I most often. But to, to carve out 20 minutes, let's say, or even 15 minutes when you would normally eat and say, you know what, I'm going to go read my Bible for this 15 minutes. I, I'm kind of hungry, but Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to ask you to help me push through my hunger, to push through the day, and and, and I'm going to meet with you, God. I'm asking you to keep me from being hangry, and I, I want this to be a spiritual time. So you take that 15 minutes where you would normally eat and 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 give yourself to the reading of Scripture. Maybe you read through this passage two or three or four times um, and, and meditate on this passage. That That is something that you can do. That That is a one-meal type fast. You might determine, okay, uh, I'm going to read this same passage in the morning in the afternoon time, in the evening, uh, and at snack time, I will read this passage. So you might get four or five or six readings of this passage in a day, and you're asking God to meet with you, for God to be precious to you, for God to reveal himself to you, for God to teach you in his word, uh, for God to strengthen you, for, for God to be your strength. I mean, is food ultimately our strength, or is God ultimately our strength. I mean, that that is one of the things that we are looking at. That is one of the things that we are considering. And uh, so another person said, never considered fasting of any kind. Maybe I should. I mean, there are, there are health. I mean, you can look up intermittent fasting. That is a health-based fast uh, that a number of us have done. But then to, to understand spiritual fasting and what Jesus did for this many days. And it's a time of seeking the Lord. It's a time of drawing near the Lord. It's a time of, of uh, saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to uh, experience you. I, I want to be near you. I want to, be, I want to know your presence. I, I want to uh, have your word speak to my heart. I, I want to, that's what we do in, in that type of a fast. So, so I encourage the fast. Know that Satan may come after you in the fast. If you do a fast like that, he might come right after you and say, Haha, guess what? You're hungry? I'm going to tempt you with things in Dollar General. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to move, Lord willing, here, and Dollar General will be across the street. and They have all kinds of tasty things that I, I have liked over the years. Uh, I go in there now, we buy waters that are flavored waters that don't have any aspartame or sucralose in them. And uh, my wife likes those, especially she likes the pink grapefruit flavor uh, of the ice water. That's what it's called, ice. And uh, so that's what I buy in there. And, and But it's tempting. Let me tell you, it's tempting. I like Little Debbie snacks. I like the Little Debbie. Uh, yeah, we're talking about fasting. Listen to this. I am being the tempter right now. I like the little Debbie uh, oatmeal oatmeal uh, cookies with the the creamy filling. Mm, tasty. I like those. I like. They're not called ho hos. I don't know what they call them. Used Hostess ho hos. I've always liked ho hos and things like that. And I like nutter butters. You like those? Uh, yeah, all those things. Got to stay away from it though. I'll have to really be. I'll be tempted. Uh, living in our new house, Lord willing. We 
that all comes uh, together as we think it will. Um, but yeah, so here I am talking about stuff like this and we're talking about fasting. Just think of how the tempter would come to you. And, and there are all kinds of ways the tempter comes to us. I mean, all kinds of ways he comes to try to to tempt us, to coerce us into all kinds of various things. I mean, we can be tempted with lying. We can be tempted with gossip. We can be tempted to to, to say words uh, that we shouldn't say. Uh, all kinds of temptations in, in all kinds of different ways. And to think about what is, how would Satan tempt you? The tempter comes. Now, the idea of Jesus being tempted uh, we talked about that yesterday. The other question is, could Jesus have have sinned? Um, that's one of those big theological questions that's there. What we do know is that the tempter did come and did tempt him. Jesus had a response, and you notice what Jesus' response was to the tempter here in verse 4. Jesus says, it is written. How do we respond to temptation? We know the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we become familiar with our Bibles. That's why it's so important that we become familiar with it. I mean, the, the Old Testament largely is history. Even in the midst of the prophecy, the prophetical books given in the latter third of the Old Testament, um, much of it is, is historically based uh, much of it has already happened. There is still some of it that will yet happen prophetically, but to know the, the prophetical stuff, but then to know the historical stuff that happened, to know the New Testament stuff, so that we can respond with the Word of God. We can come back with the Word of God and say, I am not going to give in to that temptation. He responded, it is written. Verse 5 says this, says the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, notice he he tries to cast doubt. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, in this, there is, there, there's something that happened in the first temptation that didn't happen on the second temptation. The first temptation, uh, Satan doesn't necessarily use the scripture. Uh, he doesn't say it is written. Verse 3, he doesn't say it is written. Uh, but then in verse 6, he does say it is written. See, now even our adversary knows scripture. That's why... This, this whole idea, this concept of, of false teachers and whatnot is such a, a big deal, and, and, and it's why it's important that we use a good hermeneutic. What is a hermeneutic? A good, uh, a good grammar approach to the study of Scripture because I, we, what can happen is we'll lift something out of context. I was thinking about context yesterday in terms of, like, property. You know, uh, you, you can look at a property, and it's, because we're looking at property, and look, oh, this is grand and glorious. And, and then you dig in deeper, and you go, well, okay, it has some quirks here. It has some things. Then you you pan out, and you look at the surroundings, and it's kind of the same thing with the Scripture. We need to pan out back away, like put a drone up and get a, a large-scale view of what is around the verse 
just like you do it with a drone. You, you can see pictures of properties way up. They use these drones to, to we've been looking at Zillow and Realtor.com and stuff like that a lot. You, you pan up and you see these pictures to give you the, the overview. And that's what we need to do is see the overview. What, what are the surroundings? But then also... When you dig in, you begin to realize, notice, well, I didn't, this, I found this, that, yeah, I got to fix this, and blah, 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 those types of things. Blah, 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 by the way, is a Steve Harrimanism. Uh, that's something Steve says, and I, I, I've I, lovingly, endearingly called it a Steveism. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but to dig into the details, you and I need to know that our adversary probably knows the Bible better than we do. And so that is why it is important that we ourselves dig into the scriptures that we can answer temptation with scripture. Verse 5 said this. I'll go a little bit further this morning. The devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, and he's quoting out of Psalm 91, he will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone to which Jesus responded and responded right responded in verse 7 uh, it is also written do not put the lord your god to the test verse 8 again the devil took him to a very high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor all this i will give you he said if you will bow down and worship me i mean he appealed to the to to his hunger uh he appealed to the scriptures and to the supernatural now he is appealing to uh, any ounce of covetousness that could uh, could be in Jesus. I will give you all this, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And uh, Jesus responds again a third time, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Now, there could be much more that we could talk about, about the angels coming and attended him, and, and how we saw the same thing back in 1 Kings chapter 18 with, uh, I think it was chapter 18, 18 or 19, with Elijah, the angels coming and attending him. And, you know, would angels come and attend us? Well, so much here about how to say to Satan, away from me, Satan. Uh, that we need to understand who it is that is tempting us, and we need to uh, um, we need to uh, resist the devil. We are told in the book of James, I'll take us there, to resist the devil. So, I mean, we, we've talked about fasting. We've, we're talking some about temptation. I'm, I'm not covering it as thoroughly as we could, uh, except that we see... Uh, I'm trying to remember where this verse is. Verse 4. Chapter 4. Okay. Well, my, my brain is just... I'll, I'm going to find it, but uh, we're told to resist the devil. And... Uh, Yeah, it's chapter 4, verse 7. There it is. I looked right past it. Okay, um, James 4, 7. 
Here it is. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This this is part of fighting the temptation, resisting the devil. And it says he will flee. And, and back what we read in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, get away from me. But then also how we would learn from Jesus' example how to resist Satan with the use of Scripture. Our adversary will use Scripture against us. In fact, our adversary will use miracles uh, to deceive us. Uh, not all miracles come from God. I just want you to know this. Some are satanically produced. You, you, you can see it at it, various places in the Scriptures, especially it talks about the book of Revelation where Satan will do these phenomenal miracles uh, to deceive even the very elect. That's why we need to know Scripture. So out of the life of Christ, lessons from the life of Christ today, the lesson about fasting, learning to spiritually fast, the lesson about temptation and how we'll be tempted, the lesson about resisting the devil, resisting temptation, uh, and drawing near to God. Well, friends, I'm going to land the plane there this morning going to get you into your day uh, after this prayer. Lord, help us today. We pray to to walk with you. Uh, help us to draw near to, to you. Help us to resist the things that we need to resist. Help us to learn the scriptures. Uh, help us to become all the more people who are spiritual people, people who walk with you, that we might honor you, that we might glorify you, that others might see Christ in us. Lord, that's our prayer today. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. I will see you tomorrow.